Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you guys so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. At the end of the episode, I will read Try Not to Die at Death Fest. Not the whole thing. Maybe a death scene. Definitely a scene. Feeling a little bit weird. It's Friday morning. I did not train today. I also didn't train yesterday, so beat myself up right now, but also keep telling myself, okay, I'm making the right decision. I trained, let's see, Sunday was open mat, got like eight rolls. It was a good, hard session. Trained Monday morning, Tuesday night, back Wednesday morning, did yoga on Monday and Wednesday, and I realized yesterday that, fuck, I'm just in so much pain. I'm doing way too much with my hip. I just can't handle it right now. I got to back off a little bit. I have a competition. We're doing Nogi Worlds in Vegas on December 7th. I think my wife is on the 6th. I'm on the 7th or 8th. Uh, a lot of the guys from the gym, the coaches are all competing. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not anxious or worried about it. All I care about, though, is getting there and fucking being able to train, man. Because, yeah, I keep questioning whether or not I'm going to be able to keep training the way that I am rolling with guys that are a lot younger than I am, stronger than I am, faster. It's been fun. It's been good. But I think I just need to be smarter about recovery. Maybe I need to ease up a little bit on the train. We'll we'll see. I'm actually, we are headed to Washington, D.C. tomorrow. My family is going out there to stay with my niece, Bailey, and some more of our family. So that's going to be awesome. My wife and I are planning on hitting three different gyms. One reason is to, well, because we got the competition. The other is that Bailey is looking for a place to train out there. So we're going to try to find one for her. I want to head back to the Yamasaki Academy where I interview people and unlock in a cage. It's not too far from her. There's Beta Academy. And I believe there's one other gym that we should be hitting. So that'll be good. And I'll take it. Well, we'll see how my hip is feeling. I should be fine by then. And he should be fine. But yes, today I am completely wussing out. Hopefully, I'll have to do something that put me in a better mood because that's what jiu-jitsu does. Messing around, playing, rolling, puts me in a great mood for the rest of the day. Sometimes I'm pretty tired don't want to do too much else, but I'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, it's nice to get this done, get this podcast out of the way early. I'll put it out today and then don't have to worry about anything tomorrow before I leave for our trip. Hopefully travel won't be too bad, but I never worry about it because I love being on planes only because I have, you know, four or five, six hours of time to write. And the awesome thing is I have printed up trying to die in a dark fairy tale. The whole main story, I have all the death scenes, uh, potential death scenes printed up as well. So that is what I'll be pouring myself into, uh, trying to finish that up. Very happy with how slash tag trying to die on slash tag is going. John Cone gave me that 10 or 11 days ago, 50, 55,000 words. So pretty thick. I read it one time and then I read it again, put it all my edits and then I just sent him my edits. And so now he's back working on it. Pretty incredible. I'm only going to be the editor on this one because he did all the work. He wrote all the destinies. He did everything. I'm not going to be adding anything. All I'm doing is taking away by editing. I'm just chopping it up. So kind of a cool arrangement there. It gives me, you know, gives Trennis to Die another awesome book. Because Slash Tag 
was one of my favorites of the year last year. I didn't, I don't read a ton of books, mainly because of stuff like this, where I'm reading, you know, 100,000, 150,000 words in the course of a week or two. But yeah, Slash Tag was definitely one of my favorites. So having, even just being able to be the first person to read a new book related to one that you like, it's fucking amazing. Imagine if you were the first person to read, you know, Stephen King does something off of it or The Stand or whatever it is that no one else has read and you get to read it first. So that's how I feel about that. I think that's awesome. I'm excited about putting out that book. I'm not sure when it will be done, but we're working on the cover now. John's flying through it. He did this so fast. The slash tag came out in 2023 and to have on slash tag done the same year, that's pretty amazing. So that will be super cool. And then we'll have Dark Fairy Tale probably right behind that. And then there are a whole bunch of others. I'm actually working on a secret project right now. Yesterday was the first day I could work on it. There is an author from, let's just say, Europe right now. And he's pretty well known in America. Great reviews. I mean, lots of his books have 2,000 reviews. His young adult series is crushing it. So I contacted him a while ago about this. He gave me two short stories that had been published in his language. He told me to go ahead and see if we could make them into Try Not to Dies. Yesterday, I read both of them. They're very short. They're only about maybe 10,000 words, 10 or 15,000 words. And so I could figure out, okay, can I make them work? Will they make good Try Not to Dies? How will I do this? And so, yeah, that's what I did yesterday. Enjoyed them. I think I came up with an idea. As soon as I'm done recording this, I am going to send him a message asking him what my rules are. Like, how much can I change these characters? How violent can it go? You know, is he okay with this? Is he okay with that? What kind of parameters do I have to work with? And then as soon as I'm done with those fairy tale deaths, I should have an answer back from him. And then I'll jump into those, knock those out real quick. I don't think those should take too long. And uh, yeah, but just more cool, fun stuff to write. So speaking of Slash Tag and John Cohn, I just released his Fighting Fire with Fire. That is the fourth and final Death Best Confession standalone story that I'll be putting out. So no other ones are going to be coming out. The other 11 or 12 are going to be coming out in the full anthology, which should be released for Christmas. All we have left is one more story. I'm waiting for the story from Thomas. He's almost done with it. After that, we just have to finish editing it and putting it into shape. But that's already, so many of the stories have already been edited. I think we're halfway there. So that's pretty exciting to know that that book is going to be going will be out for Christmas time, right around Christmas time. The German version is going to take a little bit longer. It's expensive. It takes a lot of time. So uh, right now I'm trying to figure out like, okay, how much money can I put into this, into this, into this, into this, you know, so many different projects. Another cool thing that's going on right now, everyone is getting their Try Not to Die at Death Best shirts, concert shirts, books, stuff like that. I've been sending those to Death Best Confessions authors around the country, around the world, actually. They sent one off to Australia. I think we have Four packages going to Canada, sent one to the UK. So these things are going everywhere. Even sent one to Turkey, the ones up in the Netherlands. So not all authors, but also authors and awesome readers. So that is what is up with that. This weekend, Unlocking the Cage, starting now till I believe Monday, Unlocking the Cage is free on Amazon KU. So if you're on Kindle Unlimited, check out that, especially if you like mixed martial arts or you just want to see what I did for three years where I traveled the country, tried to understand who fighters were, got back in shape, found jiu-jitsu, um, and it's a perfect lead-in into TBI or CT because during Unlocking the Cage, I went from being a out-of-shape 
40 something. I think I was 40, 41, 42 when I started. Couldn't even get through a warm up in class. And then I ended up getting back into jujitsu, getting back into shape, actually sparring, sparring with pros, getting my fucking ass kicked. And that is what leads to TBI or CTE, my second nonfiction book. At least my third nonfiction book is going to be a lot better, a lot happier. Our jujitsu journey, the coffee table book. That one, I'm just waiting until everything is finished. That's when I'll put it out. Originally, I thought about doing little episodes. I thought it'd be great for marketing and all these other reasons, but I was like, nah, that's just more work. I'll put it all out at one time when I'm finished with it. Hopefully, when I um, get my black belt, who knows when that will be, especially if I'm training like this. But that is my intention. I love training. That's what I want to do. I often get down on myself because I feel like I have trouble learning or retaining, or especially if it's at nighttime. But the main thing is I enjoy it. It is fun. That is why I'm doing it. The connections you make there with other people are awesome. It's cool to help others. It's cool to learn from others. Yeah. So that is why I'm excited about that project. All right, guys, let's do this so I can hurry up, make breakfast for my kids so they can go to school not hungry. You don't want to send them to school hungry because you just had to keep fucking listening to me babble. God damn it. That wouldn't be very cool of you. Yeah. Sure, there's some other stuff that I could tell you guys, but it's six in the morning and I'm still a little bit tired. So your choices last week in trying to die at death us were check out the suspension tent with Luna, go with the girls to get some Chinese food, or get a beer and watch Bone River with Kyle. We went and got Chinese food, got into an argument with a guy who worked the truck, and he threw hot oil on your face and killed you. So that obviously wasn't a good idea. So let's see what happens. Let's go check out the suspension tent where they put big ass needles through people's bodies. Yeah, let them hang. All right, Luna has been awesome all day long and Kyle's been a dick, even if he did buy the tickets. Plus, he's the one trying to hook me up with Luna. Let's do it, I tell her. But if I puke on you, it's your own fault. She scrunches up her face. That's a pleasant thought. See you losers at Systemic then, Kyle says as he heads for the beer tent. Stage three. Tess squeezes in between us, wraps her arms over our shoulders. You guys care for a third will? We'd love one, I say, not one that hurt anyone else's feelings. It takes a few minutes to reach the path that branches off toward the suspension act. I guess I expect a tent like all the other vendors, but they've got the suspension event set up in an old rickety building. This thing looks like it was built in the 70s, Luna says. Yeah, 1870s, I say, doubting an inspection was made to see if it was safe to pack people inside. The guy working the door has earlobes that stretch to his neck, rings embedded in each big enough to stick a corn cob through. Ten each, he says, pointing at the sign. Luna pays the man with a swipe of her phone and we walk inside, the air hot and humid. The lights turn low except for some spotlights aimed at the main event in the building center. Hey, if we go out again, I'm treating, I tell Luna, feeling guilty for not paying my way today. Luna gasps and holds her hand to her heart, feigning she's offended. If... Yeah, 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 Tess says, pushing past us. Come on. All the action is in the center of the building, a metal frame structure wedged in tight. A bikini-clad woman with a pixie haircut and tattoos covering half her body swings through the air, hanging from two hooks that pierce her upper back. This is all disgusting, but act like I'm cool and study the wooden beams, which appear to have been ravaged by termites. I can't see shit, Tess says, moving from side to side, trying to get a glimpse around a group of guys in front of us. We've got time, girl, Luna says. Just chill. Never, Tess says, looking up at the beam directly above us. Tess is half monkey and always climbing everything. Don't do it, I tell her. No, she's just going to bitch about splinters or something. 
Tess leaps and grabs hold of the beam, but she comes crashing down, bringing me with her. I don't know what hit me, but I'm on the ground, my vision fading in and out, a wet heat coating my head. Luna points at me and screams, help, we need help. The river of blood cascades down my face and pulls around the corner of the cracked beam. Tess cries that she's sorry, but all I can do is collapse, my body shutting down. Good job, you fucking killed him again. Man, this dude's got some bad luck, all right? So the correct answer must have been go get a beer and watch Bone Rivet with Kyle. Yeah, who doesn't want to go see Bone Rivet? I heard they got some fucking awesome costumes, according to P.W. Voights, who wrote the Deathless Confession story about them. All right, here we go. The correct answer. Me losing my cool over Kyle's comment doesn't have to ruin the rest of the day. We came for the music, I tell Tess as Bone Rivet launches into their next song. I'll check out these guys with Kyle and we'll meet up as soon as they're done. Where at? Luna asks, her smile telling me she approves that she hoped I'd stick with Kyle. I'll text you. I realize I don't have her number, but she's already asking for mine, punching a new contact in her phone. Systemic collapse of that stage three in like two hours, Kyle says, acting like he doesn't care that I'm coming. Meet there. Those guys are lame, Tess says. Kyle ignores her, asks what we want to drink. On our way to the beer tent, he nods towards the stage. What do you think? It takes me a second to place a song, a fast and furious Aussie cover. Oh shit, I've never heard it like this. I like it. I'm telling you, man, these guys are legit. Faster than early Fear Factory, heavier than Hellbound. We're on our way back with the beers right as the song reaches its iconic chorus. Tess lifts her head towards the sky and unleashes the loneliest howl, something completely out of character for her. But she's not the only one. At least a dozen others are barking and howling at the faint outline of the moon. She already takes something? I ask Kyle. Never seen her this loose. Chips, he says with a shake of his head. Can't live with them. I hurry in front of him so he doesn't say anything to set them off. Here you go, I say, handing off the lager to Luna. Compliments of Kyle. She sips the foam, leaves a little mustache. What gentleman? The girls take off for Gothica, and we head through the entrance to stage two as the crowd cheers for the next song. The massive stage is directly to our left, the audience filling the first third of the field in front of us. Some couples and small groups hang further back, some all the way back to the tree line, listening in the shade. For being so small, the crowd is going nuts, chanting over, over, over. That's kind of rude. I shout to Kyle, who leads the way toward the back of a large group. My eyes on the stage as the lead singer quiets the crowd. He chuckles. Where you been hiding, dude? Over is the single from their last album. It was number one for two weeks or something. Oh, I guess I need to pay more attention. I finish off my water bottle and rest it on the overflowing bin next to the fence. All right, you boneheads, the singer shouts. From this far back, I can't tell if he's wearing any clothes beneath his suit of bright white bone armor. If it weren't for Ozzy, if it weren't for the legends that paved our way, none of us would be here. The crowd roars its approval, both of us joining them. The singer holds up his hand. But now it's our time. It's our time to become. The drums kick in, a nasty rumble, followed by a loud crash. Fractured, he screams, dragging it out for a few seconds. Hell yeah, Kyle says, bumping me with his beer hand, his other hand pumping the air in rhythm with the drums. The beer's still cold and it's the best thing I've tasted all day. Wanting to make it last, I take sips and enjoy the show. Bone Ribbit's got a cool sound, but their theatrics could use some work. The guitarists and bassists are both dressed as skeletons with bone-white instruments. With the red lights and darkness, it'd probably look dope, but out here under the blazing sun, it looks cheesy, especially the large bones the drummer in all black uses for sticks. No one else is critical. 
Everyone, Kyle included, shout along to words I don't know. The singer lets out a long growl and sings, hopelessness, destructions ensured, broken, battered, I am fractured. Everyone's screaming as the guitarist launches into a solo. I have to admit, he's pretty good. The solo's sick. The song ends and the crowd settles down, a cloud of dust slowly, suddenly with it. Let's get that pit moving, the singer says, waving on the drummer who starts with a soft beat, the bass coming in right behind it, both slowly picking up speed. And all you standing around in the back, you get your ass up here. Yo, a notch calls the elbow and nod ahead. Want to go? He polishes off his beer and tosses it behind us. Not for these two more of these. I'm here for the music, not to make mud with the sweat of other men. I take another sip of beer and realize I don't want to go either. I'll get in a pit at some point today, but not when it's 100 degrees. I probably asked Kyle because I wanted to please him. What the hell's my problem? Bone Ribbit finishes their song and jumps right into the next. Kyle points towards the tree line at the end of the field and says, smart people are watching from the shade. Yeah, I bet the sound is nearly as good, too. Let's do it, he says, leading the way, kicking up dust just to be a dick. A dozen or so groups of concert goers are watching from back here. There's a stand of pine trees mixed in among the oaks and walnuts, the smell bringing back memories of the mountain trips with my father. Kyle takes us toward the left side, where a nine-foot-high stretch of hay bales divides us from stage two. We're a good 90 yards from the stage. Kyle runs his hand through his hair. I almost forgot how much I hate the fucking sun. Yeah, stupid ball of light providing us with life, I say, shaking my fist at it. You're such an idiot. That's not what your mom says. It does feel much nicer back here, and it's still plenty loud. Bone Ribbit finishes their song, and the crowd cheers, screaming for the next one. I down the rest of my beer as the singer walks downstage, his fist, his fist held high. Here it comes. Here's the one you've been waiting for. As the drums thunder in, the singer bangs his head in rhythm. This is it. Our smash single. This is over. I recognize the song from the radio. I just hadn't realized it was Bone Rivet. Overcome, overpower, drop them like the Twin Towers. Overwhelm, overrun, and they still pull out their guns. I'm over politics, over splits, over all the stupid shit. I'm really feeling the moment and throw my fists in the air, screaming along with the crowd farther in front of us. A couple of people in the back look in my direction. I'm making a bit of a scene compared to the others nearby. The crowd at the stage is really getting into it. I can see the chaos of the mosh pit from back here and regret agreeing to come back to the tree line with Kyle. Something about the music, the sunshine, it all makes me want to really cut loose. The song ends and the singer wraps it up. So what'd you think? Kyle asks. Solid, dude. Catchy. I'm going to check out more of the stuff for sure. He gets to his feet and brushes off his ass. Where now? Too early to meet the girls, right? I agree before I've even thought it through. Who plays here next? He checks his map. Sex. Yeah, I'll pass. A little too cheesy for me. Same. He studies the paper. Dude, Viking's about to start on stage one. Enough said. Come on, Kyle says, heading towards the hay bales, dividing us from stage two's field. The hay bales are too high to climb, and with my luck, they tip over on me. Can we cross this way? Kyle points to the woods. If you could walk an extra 20 feet around the end of it. He's right. The bales only go in a couple trees deep. This is going to save a lot of time. Kyle says what's up to everyone as we pass, but comes to a stop when he spots an all-black Hummer positioned 10 yards from the middle of the tree line, windshield facing the stage, some kind of weird antenna-like device on its roof. That's what I was going to tell you, Kyle says, smacking his head for forgetting. When Tess and I were sneaking in, we saw some kind of army or National Guard set up. I'm guessing he's going to turn into another conspiracy theory, but I still ask, what are you talking about? Bunch of military dudes all wearing black. A bunch of Hummers just like this one. Two black semis with trailers, a couple nerdy-looking dudes in suits looking way out of place. Where was this? 
He points through the woods back the way we came. Rear of stage three. Why would the Army or National Guard give a shit about some concert out in the middle of nowhere? Kyle shrugs his shoulders and heads towards the Hummer. I don't know. Want to ask him? I don't care if Kyle makes a fool out of himself, but encourage him to approach someone with a gun is just plain reckless. Rather not, I say. That's cool, he says, continuing forward. I will. Always a man of his word, Kyle walks up to the driver's side door and knocks on the tinted window. The window rolls down. I can't see anything besides Kyle's back. But his arms shoot up to the sky. Whoa, dude, chill, man, chill. The window rolls up and the Hummer drives away, circling to the right and disappearing between the trees closest to stage one. Kyle's arms are by his sides, hands balled into fists. He pulled a gun on me. Are you serious? Kyle's face is dark, his mouth set in a tight line. Do I look serious? Well, maybe next time you'll listen to me. Fat chance. Because I bet you're going to tell me to turn around and not go to investigate what these assholes are up to. Instead of enjoying death best, you want to unravel why a military unit is performing a practice drill or some stupid shit. Don't worry, dude. I'm not even about to try convincing you not to. Does that mean you're coming? I want to see Viking. And so you shall. We still got 10 minutes and this will take like five. Kyle turns his back on me and heads through the trees. Come on, dude. Don't be a wimp. All right. So are you going to be a wimp or are you going to be a cool guy and follow your friends? What do you do? Investigate with them or tell them to meet you later. We will go over that shit next week when I am in Washington, D.C. That's right. All right, guys. I hope you have an incredible week and I'll talk to you later. Peace.